Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about Destiny 2 versus Borderlands 3. Seeing a lot of people saying this is going to be a game that hurts Destiny. We've had this conversation many times, so I wanted to compare the games and have a conversation. I'm well-versed in both games. So, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash rage. Uh, if you come in and I'm not live, click the heart button, the follow button on my Twitch channel. If you're watching on YouTube, clicking the subscribe button and the like button is an easy way to help me out and support my stream. So, why do we need to compare these games? We did this with Division, we did this with Anthem, and now we're doing it again with Borderlands. I have been playing Borderlands since the first one came out. I very, very much appreciate the game's depth and and what it offers. It is the father of looter shooters. It is a wonderful game. My favorite franchise across the board. Destiny being probably my second uh, favorite franchise is one of the reasons that I think I can compare these games for you and talk about why I don't think either is a threat to the other because they handle their games in so many different ways. So I want to talk about the linear loop of Borderlands. It's a linear loop. I want to talk about Destiny as a game of service. And then I want to end by talking about the loot. Because in a game like this, that's going to be one of the undercurrents of motivation and incentive to keep playing is the loot. How does the loot make you play for long hours of time? Borderlands was probably one of the first games on console to bring about the idea of like no lifing a game, grinding for hours, at least in large numbers. There were probably a few games prior to Borderlands on consoles that did this, but Borderlands was one of the first games where you really saw people grind and chase rolls of weapons. This was obviously also happening on Twitch, and that kind of flowed right into Destiny in the way that Destiny was structured. But they're so different in the way they deliver their content and in the way that they create their actual loops that you run when you're, you know, you're repeating these games always. You're going to be running through content multiple times. I think that there is significant differences that may appeal or not appeal to fans of both franchises. So let's just talk about the linear loop of Borderlands 3. What do I mean by linear loop? Well, linear means A to B, directional. You're going from one direction to the other. And Borderlands 3 is closer to a Diablo-style loop than the loops and the content style of Destiny. You basically play through the campaign, point A to point B, and when you finish the campaign, you can replay it again. It's like it's like a new game plus experience. The enemies are stronger, you can keep leveling up, the guns and stuff that are dropping are stronger, everything's higher level, you keep spending your skill points, you play through it again. Now, this offers replay value for a couple of reasons. The, the, the campaign's going to feel different. They add new enemies. They change the enemy types. They change the way they attack. Uh, sometimes the weapons themselves take on different properties and get stronger uh, and, and things of that nature. So the actual game feels different. So there's replay value in that route, but there's also replay value in the loop of other characters. You play through the game as the Siren, and then you play through the game as the Beastmaster, you're going to have a very, very different experience. So the replay value is tied to a linear story where you you you, you feel different. It's, 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 it's not the same, and it's tied to playing with the other characters, the extra skill trees, trying out different action skills, even playing through again on the same character, but building and specking differently and farming for different loot. One of the other loops in Borderlands that kind of starts to land on you once you're max level is you start chasing the best versions of all the legendary weapons. You do this for a few reasons. It's fun, especially if you're a collector. It also can help you get stronger and better loadouts and better builds for any raid bosses that they add. Future DLC future expansions where they raise that you know they raise the level of the enemies or they raise the difficulty so you're kind of doing a linear loop and then eventually you kind of hang out in a weapon chase loop but it's very very different than destiny so let's talk about destiny destiny is a game of service so the rhythmic nature of the content what you're doing is completely and utterly different than the way that you play borderlands Destiny has daily and weekly rituals and resets that have really hooked people in a different way. In Borderlands, it was like a self-imposed grind. It was like, I'm going to farm this boss until I get the gun that I want. In Destiny, it is a structural grind where you come back each week, there's milestones, there's activities that reset, there's potential rewards from a raid or, you know, whatever the case may be. And that ritual is a is very, very different than 
when you play a game like Borderlands. Again, one is linear, the other is not. In Destiny, you play through the campaign, you never revisit it. That's a quality point Bungie could probably learn from Borderlands and games like this and Diablo, where replaying stories beginning to end can have value, raise the difficulty, what have you. You also have resets and finding uh, individual loops versus a linear loop. So in Destiny you find individual loops within given activities, whether it's Crucible, Gambit, Raids, Nightfalls, whatever. Grinding for rep in Destiny 1. You're doing a loop, hoping hoping for a better, a better gun, a better version of a gun, whatever. So, I do think Destiny could glean from and learn from the idea that we create this great story, especially like in Forsaken, yet all those great Baron fights, you create this great story and we never replay it. We never run back through the story. That seems to be a bit of a, a missed opportunity. But you have to understand that when you're playing through Borderlands, those individual loops are there. While you're leveling up, if you're level 20 and you feel like grinding for a really great legendary because you know some boss can drop it, you're more than welcome to do that. You can go back and keep fighting him. Now, we don't know exactly how that's going to function in Borderlands 3, farming for loot. Am I going to have to fight my way through the same mission and the, and the enemies? Or is there going to be a, a checkpoint or there's going to be a save area where I can leave and come back and the boss comes back? Do I have to save and quit? We don't really know exactly how that's going to work. But those individual loops are there. Generally, people wait until they're max level. In Destiny, you don't necessarily need to be max level to find those individual loops. And then you, again, you never revisit the story. So with respect to Destiny as a game of service and Borderlands as a more linear loop, more Diablo style, I think the games are vastly different. The question is, people are like, oh, Destiny's in so much trouble. Here comes Borderlands. The question is going to be, people that love the ritual and the grind of Destiny, will they enjoy the grind and the loop of Borderlands? I think a large portion of them will. However, I think the most ardent, most loyal fans of Destiny are more likely to hit the ceiling and the exhaustion point in Borderlands sooner than everybody else because of the way that they play, okay? And what I mean here is this. If you think Borderlands is a threat to Destiny, the loyal fan base to Destiny right now, especially if Season of Opulence brings a lot of folks back, and then if whatever they're offering end of this year is really good, that loyal fan base, it, a lot of them are going to go and play Borderlands. you got to understand, people that are still playing Destiny at this point have play habit styles and ways of playing the game that are completely and utterly different than what you're going to do in Borderlands. I think those types of players are far more likely to hit the ceiling and get done and be like, I'm just waiting for DLC. I've done multiple playthroughs. I've done multiple characters. I'm ready to move on. So I don't think players are going to permanently leave Destiny if they're still playing. If you're talking about people that have given up a long time ago, I... I don't think that those people matter in the equation if you're talking about it hurting Destiny. Lastly, let's talk about loot. Let's talk about the differences in the loot. Borderlands is definitely like a more like a gun generator where you're looking for diamonds, okay? It's just generating guns. Everything you're doing, guns are just falling all over the place. You don't have armor. You have a shield. You have a class item, grenade mod, and I think like a relic. I, we're not sure, but that's that's pretty much what we're guessing when we saw the four boxes similar to the four boxes from Borderlands 2. So it doesn't have the RPG element of armor, armors, you know, armor pieces with stats that change certain things. It's a gun generator. You're basically hunting for diamonds and the guns are the centerpiece, okay? If you're setting the table for Thanksgiving and Borderlands is setting the table, the bouquet in the middle is nothing but guns. That is the centerpiece of Borderlands as a franchise. That's different than Destiny. Destiny have guns, not in the quantity that you have in Borderlands. The guns have identity. You get like a really, really dope gun and you want to get a really great roll on it like the Warden's Law. That gun has identity, it has a feel, it has a look, and you're looking for a great version. So your hunt for diamonds in the rough or diamonds in Destiny is very different. You find one gun and you hunt for it. Now you do that in Borderlands, but in general, while playing Borderlands, you're just getting a gun generator spitting guns on you. You're also searching for armor pieces in Destiny to complement your build, to complement your playstyle, and the weapons that you use. It's a little bit more RPG injected than Borderlands. 
this means that loot incentive and loot drive are quite a bit different between the two games meaning if you compare the differences in the loop and the grind game and service linear loop then you compare the differences in the actual loot itself how you chase it why you care what matters how many pieces matter why are you going for certain things why are you grinding certain bosses I think these games can coexist very, very easily and very well. There'll be an initial exodus, but I wouldn't be surprised if within a month to two months, a lot of hardcore Destiny players linger back, wander back over, because again, Borderlands does not offer game as service. It's a fantastic game. I actually think they can coexist. I think Borderlands 3 is going to be very successful, but I don't think it poses any long-term threat to Destiny as a franchise. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. That's with all my content. Appreciate you listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about Desi 2 versus Borderlands. Tried to draw some comparisons, really pushing the idea that I believe these games are different enough they can coexist. This isn't a cause for alarm. This isn't a cause for people to be like, Destiny is dead, Destiny's in trouble, etc. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage if I'm not live when you come over to the Twitch channel throw me a follow throw me a subscribe and a like if you're watching on youtube let's jump right into the questions um and if you haven't noticed if you're listening to this in the audio formats the talk and the q a sessions are all one episode now so that's pretty exciting from a person who has never played borderlands and doesn't understand the game entirely do you think borderlands 3 will be a good starting point or do you think i need prior knowledge of the previous games to enjoy borderlands 3 i do not think you need prior knowledge no I actually think they, and they talked about this at the reveal. Uh, Randy said they were very intentional about making sure this would be a great game for brand new fans as well as, you know, fans of the franchise for a really, really long time. So they were very intentional about making sure to say that, to say, you know, that if you're worried, if you're on the fence, if you're a longtime fan, uh, if you're a brand new fan of the franchise, they're setting it up in such a way to where you are going to feel as if you can just jump right in. So... If I, here's the thing, you've got four months, so I'm gonna keep encouraging people to take a crack at it. The games are not expensive, and they're really freaking fun. If you like looter shooters, if you like games where you chase loot, why are you not playing Borderlands One Game of the Year and then the Handsome Collection? Why not? They're awesome. They're so fun. Uh, and then you will be familiar with the characters and the jokes and the references when you play Borderlands Three. Now, if the game was coming out in a week or two, I can understand being like, yeah, don't really pull the trigger but gee many freaking Christmas just fantastic games play Borderlands 1 all the DLC then play the pre-sequel then play Borderlands 2 and all the DLC and I think you'll have a great time I put the pre-sequel in between Borderlands 1 and 2 you'll enjoy it more if you say if you if you don't do it last do it in the middle Tyler Lynn do you think the wacky type of weapons from Borderlands could work in Destiny? Obviously, they couldn't go too crazy without separating PvP and PvE what are your thoughts? Destiny has crazy weapons uh right? De- Destiny Destiny has crazy weapons the 1k voices the um oh, what's the stupid the colony you know you got 1k voices you got colony you got weapons that are kind of wild and kind of crazy now obviously I don't think you can throw a gun on the ground and have it turn into a brain with eyeballs and a turret okay but like yeah Wardcliff coil they definitely have weapons in this game that I think could still go further in that direction go kind of wild go kind of crazy um I also think you could definitely do more things like trace rifles. Trace rifles, you know, fusion rifles, more futuristic weapons. There's plenty of room for that. Uh, There's plenty of room for that. So, please stop streaming. Thanks. I've been streaming for four years. uh, So, I'm not stopping anytime soon. I guess thanks for stopping by, though, and helping out my metrics. Appreciate it. Helps my, uh, it helps my, my career. Appreciate you stopping by. Neon Curry. My name is Bife. Put out a video today where he discussed the co- corporations fighting and how the world is expanding. This got me really interested in following Borderlands and reading up on the story. With the expansion of the universe, do you think this will attract more people to the franchise who felt otherwise disconnected from the story? I mean, the thing is, you've got to consider... The types of games that you're playing I, I don't think 
Borderlands is like deep lore heavy story. Character driven, yes. Funny, interesting, yes. Super deep lore, probably not that much, right? Now, I think it's interesting. I have all these theories. I get really deep into the theory crafting and thinking through different things that could have happened with Atlas and Zero and Handsome Jack. I've got some really, really, you know, deep theories that I've come up with. And I I mean, if, if the brother is a siren, right? I have a whole whole video about how they could do a male siren, a whole video about how Zero could be part stalker. They could definitely go that route, but I don't know if they need to. True Rob, what do you think about new elements that is based on taking energy and incorporating into new subclasses and deal taking uh, damage? There is a whole theory about a dark subclass. There's actually four elements in the universe, in Destiny's lore, that holds the universe together. There are four elements. There is the stronger nuclear power, which is solar, the weaker nuclear power, which is decay, and then there's void and arc. Okay, We don't have the weaker nuclear power represented in the subclasses, so a lot of folks have said there could be a decay subclass, it could be green, it could be like dark power, it could be like damage over time. You know, I, I don't know if they're ever going to go that route. The rumors from Shadow of Anon the Nine seem to indicate that we might be getting a, you know, dark darkness powers or darker powers in the next game. We'll just have to wait and see. I think there's, I think there's room, um, I think there's room for it, but at the same time, I, I don't, I don't need to, I'm not going to campaign for it. Nebula. I'm a huge Destiny fan, never got into the Borderlands series. Is there something there for me with Borderlands 3, or is it just for fans of the series? I mean, I, again, um, I think, I do think that the Borderlands franchise is great. You may not have liked it up to this point, and if you just dive into Borderlands 3, they did indicate it's built for everybody. You can just jump right in and not know anything. Um, if you never got into the Borderlands series and you're super hesitant, you could at least try Borderlands 2, which is the best of the three, and see if it hooks you. Gunplay and movement look significantly better in Borderlands 3, so just keep that in mind. A lot of people, that was like their only minor gripe about Borderlands up to this point. Ah, combat and gunplay is not the strongest, but the guns are so cool it kind of makes up for it. And in this game, they've made those things better. So I think combat and gunplay is going to be a big a big increase for folks that may have stayed away up to this point. Hey Shiz, what was the most intriguing thing you saw in yesterday's gameplay reveal and why? The scaling. We're going to do a talk in a little bit about the co-op scaling and the uh, and how they're doing the instance loot. We're going to do a little talk about that. So I may brush over Borderlands questions. I may brush over Borderlands questions to uh, kind of save those for later if you want to re-ask them or we can revisit some of this. This is mainly meant to be a discussion and Q&A about Destiny versus Borderlands 3, so I don't want to get too bogged down. Obviously, everybody's super interested in Borderlands, so that's why we're going to do another talk and another Q&A in a minute. So if I brush over your question, it's just because I don't know... I don't want to get bogged down with questions that are outside of what we're talking about. Mick Cheshire. The fluidity in the visuals seen within the Borderlands reveal is so indicative that Destiny needs to adopt a new engine. This will obviously require extra work on Bungie's end. What uh, what impact would an extra year of development have? Well, I, here's the thing. I don't agree with your initial statement. I don't think the fluidity that we saw in the reveal shows Destiny needs a new engine. Destiny is still unmatched in gunplay. I promise you that. If you play Destiny 2 gunplay and you go play Borderlands 3, I promise you the gunplay is still going to be more satisfying in Destiny. I'll put money on the freaking table on that. You just can't beat the gunplay in Destiny. It feels so good. Now, I'm not disagreeing with your your desire. I think Bungie needs to put the game in a new engine. But I don't think we saw anything yesterday that really points to the fact that like, oh my gosh, we really need to go to a new engine. Because gunplay comparisons between even what we saw yesterday and Destiny 2, Destiny 2 still wins. Insanely crisp and satisfying. So, the best shooter. Unmatched. Unmatched. But, an extra year... That's probably how long it would take just to build the new the game in a new engine. A whole year just to do that. And then they got to build the game after that. But I think it's needed. I think it's needed, definitely. Double V. It seems that Borderlands 3 makes things that it made popular but also learn from Destiny here and there. Do you think this uh, the competitor will push Bungie 
even further to get us the game we want. Also, did you see anything Bungie could take inspiration from? I definitely think more looter shooters on the fr- on the landscape uh, can do two things. Number one, it is it, it, it does create this idea of like you better bring your A game, but it also creates this idea exchange oh they did that Ooh, we could put that in destiny in a completely different way and it'd be really really good so the exchange of ideas can certainly happen and the i I don't think games compete in the way that people think they compete but there is a level of competition and i think that can be good because you've really got to push your game further we've seen this go we've seen this happen with battle royale games so this is good for the this is good for the community this is good for the genre and i think bungie could take inspiration from the idea that you can replay the story and guns can have a lot more different parts and more randomization and then that empowers you to be way more generous because the likelihood of you getting a really good roll goes down because there's so many different parts and since there's so many different parts you can turn the loot faucet on and the loot faucet is addicting because you just you're always seeing the pretty colors fall Peter Iliak, isn't availability of time to play a huge consideration as someone with limited time and shorter than average play sessions? It's almost inherent that I prioritize the game as service over the game that doesn't require me to consider cute times and player population. I'm confused with the last part of this. I want to read it again. You're going to prioritize the game as service over the game that doesn't require me to consider cute times and player population. So... I'm confused. Why I don't know why you're saying you would prioritize game as service if you have shorter windows of opportunity. Maybe you're trying to say that you would have to kind of play when Destiny's hot because that's that's when the queue times are the shortest and stuff. And you could kind of say Borderlands for rainy day is maybe what you're talking about. Um, if you have limited play time, then I do think game as service requires that weekly that weekly dive in and you don't have to do that with borderlands so i don't again i'm not not really sure i'm not tracking with your logic oh correct okay so what peter iliak is saying here is if i have limited play time i want to jump into destiny when it's hot because of queue times and player population is going to have an influence on my experience i can play borderlands a couple months later and it doesn't matter Borderlands launches in September. You can play it in December and probably have the same dadgum experience. Now, obviously, if you're trying to utilize the matchmaking and playing with your buddies, you you, you definitely could be like, oh, there's less people to play. But not to the degree that when, like, queue times in PvP and if, if things like Blind Well or the Forges, well, the Forges have matchmaking. So, like, trying to do Forges now might be more difficult because there's less people around. Borderlands is also not super, super contingent upon playing with people. You can play solo and have a very, very good time. They equip some of the classes to be very, very survivalist by yourself. And so, but if you want to run raids, strikes, nightfalls, forges, you got to have people in the game. So I understand where Peter Iliac is coming from. I don't think people are this... ah, This is going to sound really mean. I don't think people are this... Think at this level... (laughs) I'm not saying people are dumb, but I don't think people are, are, are functioning at your level. You're, you're, you're being very, very analytical and intelligent about it. I think most people are like, if it looks fun and it is fun, I'm going to freaking play it. I'm not going to prioritize Destiny because of queue times and player population. A lot of folks don't even think about that. I think they're just booting up the game and want to do the looties and the shooties. That's it. Um... I know that Peter Iliak's a more cerebral, more like intellectual person, so I think his thinking is sound here, but probably uncommon. Pedro says, I'm a Destiny player, never played the Borderlands series. Do I need to play the previous games or just watch it on YouTube and I'm good to go? I swear, if you guys are interested in playing Borderlands 3 and that's what you do, I will find you. And I'll flick you on the ear. Listen, if you're if you're interested in Borderlands 3, why would you not? You got four months. Play the games. Play the originals. They're good. They're good games. There's loot. There's humor. It's awesome. Dude, playing Borderlands 1 with my wife has been so enjoyable. Oh, it's a blast. And we've played them before. Right? So... I, if, if you are interested in Borderlands 3, what is stopping you from playing the originals right now? Just game of the year, remastered Borderlands 1 looks phenomenal. I mean, Borderlands 
2 and the pre-sequel getting remastered through the Handsome Collection? Um, you don't have time for games right now? Okay, well, Pedro, do me a favor then. You got four months. If you can find time for one of them, at least, at least dive into Borderlands 2, okay? You're gonna really miss out, you know? Between now and September, if you can carve out some time, at least, at least pick up Borderlands 2. For the love of frick, they're such good games. I understand people get busy, and these games are not, these games are demanding. It takes a while for you to kind of hack through them. But I mean, my wife and I have been doing Madam Crumpet streams very infrequently. We play for about three hours, and then we shut the stream down. And we're, we're taking pretty good chunks. YouTube's a no-no. Pedro, if you have no other choice, then go for it. Do a YouTube up to now. They did that yesterday, by the way, homie. They do a, um, they do a summary of the story on the stream yesterday. They might even put that on YouTube. It was really helpful. They went through the whole storyline. They skipped the pre-sequel, uh, cause I guess they don't consider it being needed. So yeah, you can watch that, and that wouldn't hurt your experience if you eventually do get to play Borderlands 1 or 2. So you've got a summary, a video summary. Uh, that's Silly Rabbit. Can you do a quick overview of the Echo Cast system? Do you see it being large feature or quickly forgotten? Well, it's just like the Destiny feature. It lets you see loot. And then they're going to have live events where you can earn loot by watching a streamer. You can see what I have, what my skill tree build is, and then you can earn loot when there's an event going on. Beer Pie. How do you think they will handle different vaults in Borderlands 3? Will it be one major boss fight or a series of mini-bosses to a main boss? I think the latter would be a great grind. Thanks for these talks. Really enjoy them. I would love to see them the, the the pinnacle the pinnacle version of Borderlands 3 in my mind is randomly generated uh, basically like boss gauntlets right many bosses adds then a major boss and randomly generate it so it's different every time and then the loot's also randomly generated because they have the ability apparently they have the ability to do something to that degree with they call it revolutionary content generator um, or content generating technology or something to that effect so I hope that they could do something like that Morgan's baby daddy do you think PvP evolution that Bungie has been talking about could be an update to the mode overall like in the way Gamut Prime adding roles I think uh, I, I've continued to say that I think Crucible's evolution is bigger engagements bigger fights bigger maps let the game breathe and you don't have to nerf power weapons, power ammo, specials, abilities you don't have to nerf so much if the game breathes and you're further apart from each other you gotta think smarter and you're not getting killed so frequently by the same dadgum things Evil Reborn what do you think about Randy Pitchford saying there was no micros in Borderlands 3 but that turning out to be not true at all okay, here's the thing I think people are being a little bit unfair in this regard okay I will concede the point that Randy could have been a a little bit more careful in how he spoke about it but when he says there's no micros he has been very very outspoken about loot boxes pay to win and you know the gambling aspect okay Borderlands 2 had skin packs okay so he's been saying these things for years and Borderlands 2 had skin packs vanity items that can be purchased I think in some people's minds are not synonymous with microtransactions because in their mind micro spending is a perpetual thing where you keep buying stuff you keep gambling you keep trying to get a a uh, you know they keep trying to get the thing that they can't get you know what I'm saying so, love your stream. Just wanted to add that the lost loot system coming is going to be a massive plus for the franchise. I forgot about that. Yeah, the Postmaster. They're bringing a Postmaster to Borderlands. So, listen, I'm conceding that he should have been more careful, but for frick's sake, people, he said no micros, and in the context of what he was talking about, he did say there'll be skins and stuff. I just think people need to settle down, right? Because... I understand what Eugene's saying. They're all micros, okay? They're all micros. But there is a very, very clear spirit of microtransactions that are perpetual. You keep spending. It's a micro spend. You just spend, spend, spend. Little spend, little spend, little spend. If they're like, hey, here's a skin pack that you can buy for five bucks, and then that's the end of it, 
that seems more similar to like the headhunter packs that you bought you bought the headhunter pack one area one boss fight guns and some cosmetics to celebrate you know thanksgiving okay so i think in randy's mind he's thinking it's not a microtransaction it's an optional thing just like the headhunter packs were optional yeah there's no actual content but it's a pack that you buy and then it's over and done with you're not booting up borderlands and going into like a microtransaction store where there's this perpetual spending option that you have week to week to week Again, to me, it's just like, I think people are making a mountain out of a molehill here. We all knew what he meant. And in in the the -the off-the-cuff way that he's speaking, he says, yeah, there's no microtransactions, but there's skins and stuff. I just don't, just listen. We all need to just settle down a little teeny bit. They've confirmed a season pass, so in my mind, concepts of micros was the premium currency loot boxes. Right. We do, you're not paying for a premium currency. You're not pi- you're not paying, buying loot boxes. They've always done the skin packs. It's like a pack of skins. Because even that's not a... Like, you're not buying, like, a head here and a pair of boots here and a gun skin there. They've always done them as, like, a pack. You get, like, a bunch of stuff in the pack. It's very different, and you know what you're getting, Right? I don't know. I, I'm not, I am never, ever. It was a lie, though. That is the definition. Of, it's not a lie if in the same freaking sentence. It's not a lie if in the same sentence he says there's skins and stuff. It's not a lie. It's not like he said, there are no microtransactions whatsoever in Borderlands ever. Pre-order today. He didn't do that. He said there's no microtransactions, nothing like that for pay-to-win currency. There are skins and stuff. I feel like he's trying to make a distinction there. He literally said there are skins. Right. I feel like he's trying to make a distinction and saying, we're not doing the traditional micro-spending, loot boxes, gambling, pay-to-win, power-buy, gear-buy. We've just got skins and stuff. And I know people are like, isn't that a micro-transaction, though? But is this is this where we've arrived in gaming commentary? Right? Is this where we've come? that when he says this, he can't have his own sort of way of seeing it within categories. Like, in his mind, microtransactions are gambling, microcurrency, pay-to-win garbage, but a skin pack to him isn't a microtransaction. I don't know. I just... I, 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 like I said, he could have been more careful with his words. He could have been like, we're not going to go the route of micro spending for internal currency, pay to win, buy power gambling. We're going to do skin packs that are one-time purchases. So, I, you know, 100% this is where we're at. Right. Like, this is just where we are. It's just like, you've got to be so careful with how you phrase things because, I mean, this guy's just getting absolutely roasted, you know? Killer Cam Cam, is there anything from Destiny you would like to see in Borderlands 3 or vice versa? The replaying of the story needs to come to Destiny. Uh, Borderlands having, pulling something from Destiny. Um,. I don't know. I here's here's something I'll say that they could pull from Destiny, and we might be kind of seeing it. We don't know. I think melee abilities in Borderlands would have been awesome. That it charges up and then you can use it. There's something like that, but it didn't look too strong. We'll have to wait and see, like ground pounds and stuff. I mean, like, what if once the once the melee charged up, right? Once the melee charged up then Zane could do like a, a push, slice, slice melee ability that is only there when it charges up. I like the idea of melee abilities like on a cooldown. I think they could have done that in Borderlands. It doesn't seem like that's going on. It seems like you've got like some melee override or some ground pounds. I love the idea of just always having a melee ability that's just a part of that class because they've always had different melees. Like Zero had a sword, Axon had a hatchet. You know, the sirens always just punch them. Uh, what's his fa- Zane has like the full gore, like almost like Wolverine blades. Um, I skipped the previous question. Oh, I'm going back. I'm sorry. I'm going back. So that's one thing I would like to see. Destiny could have a reason to replay story and then Borderlands could give everybody their own melee ability. Home Twitch. Randy Pitchard on the Borderlands 3 stream yesterday said that the game was almost five years in the making and it looks like it's going to be amazing. Do you think Destiny community would accept a five-year wait for D3 if the results were similar? Man, oh, man. It really is tough, I think, to say 
how to approach this. Because if you come out and say, we need five years to build this, cut us a break, we're gonna, you guys are going to have to deal with no loot for a while, or no content for a while. People just feel like... Uh, people just feel like, oh, well, then... I, well, you're just making excuses. Just make the game. This is stupid. Like, it's so hard to say, give us time, we'll make it great. That does two things. Passively sets expectations that the game will be perfect, and it also it also makes it to where people might feel like you're just making excuses for not shipping something. You know? So, all y'all people saying he lied, better not make a statement in chat and then say, sorry, I said it wrong. That's not what I meant to say. I will roast you. I Listen, he literally said in the same sentence that there's skins and stuff. So sure, a microtransaction is defined as a very small financial transaction conducted online. Then buying a, what, a $10 indie game is a microtransaction, dadgummit. Like, it's just... Again, we know what he meant, and people are using this as an opportunity to manufacture outrage. The man says, we don't have any microtransactions, we just have skins and stuff. And we know, when he says that, the line that he is drawing. He is creating, admittedly, he is creating his own category. Yeah, a DLC is a microtransaction then, right? $10 for a DLC or an annual pass or whatever. He should have chose his words more carefully, but I always look at the spirit of what a person is saying, not the specific words, right? He could have used another word and we wouldn't be having this conversation. He'd be like, we're not doing any loot boxes or any pay to win stuff like that. We're just going to have some skins and people wouldn't be saying anything. But in his mind, right, vocabulary, he connects microtransactions with pay-to-win gambling loot boxes and he's like so he says we're not gonna do any microtransactions but we are gonna have skins and stuff you know what he means you know his intentions authorial intent and the intentions of a person have got to be considered here it's like people getting taken to task over jokes and being painted as a villain because they said jokes or they made an off-color comment what was their intention Were they intending to lie? Were they intending to hurt? No? Then shut the frick up and move on and be an adult. Uh, Brutal. Do you feel that the best thing to happen to the Destiny franchise is Great Borderlands 3? I think the best thing to happen to the Destiny franchise would be a freaking new engine. I don't care about Borderlands 3's influence over Destiny. I don't think it's going to have much of an influence. Most of their stuff is slated and planned years in advance. So, I mean, Borderlands 3 ain't going to have much of an influence over anything in the, in the near future. A lot of this stuff's already being built or built or being specced out and planned. I mean, it, they're not going to make a lot of deviations. They can learn. They can learn, but, you know... The Vreek. Do you see Borderlands changing the endgame somewhat? Once you hit max level, play through difficulty, new vaults open up, randomly generated layouts, enemies, bosses. Could this impact how long Borderlands 3 retains the Destiny player base overlap? Maybe putting in increased pressure to whatever quarter 4 content Bungie has planned. Again, what I just said, Bungie's not going to be like, alright, let's just wait. Okay, what are they doing? Okay, they're doing a trailer. They're doing a vid doc. Okay, we gotta change everything for September. Oh my gosh, they don't, they can't do that. Their stuff's already slated out and planned and being built. They're not able to make those deviations or those audibles. It's not like in football where they go up to the line and they're looking left and right and they're like, 32 blue, 32 blue, because they're like, they see they're not covered on the right or something. And then everybody shifts and moves. You can't call an audible like that in game development. Oh my gosh. Oh, 32 blue, 32 blue. Borderlands has got really great replayability. We better change everything we're delivering at quarter four of 2019. It's too late. It's too late. Now, to the initial part of your question, that'll just remain to be seen. I think they could do really cool things to extend Borderlands Endgame, but I don't think anything that we see in September is going to have any immediate effect on the content we get in Destiny because it's already being built or is built. Ghostface. With player base overlap between Destiny and Borderlands, what can Bungie do to differentiate their game further to ensure player retention? They really need to drive home game as service annual pass, no drought. Right? Really, really need to drive home annual pass, game as service, no drought. Because Borderlands will have a drought. Hardcore players a month later will be like, I'm kind of waiting. I'm kind of done. 
I've done a couple of characters. I've done a couple of playthroughs. I play like crazy, eight or nine hours a day. I'm a no-lifer. No offense. I'm a streamer. I play that way, okay? So if Destiny can really drive home the fact that game is service, annual pass, always something to do, no gaming droughts, blah, 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 that can help differentiate the, the, the two franchises. Now, the thing to remember, though, is that Borderlands could have thought through some of this already. Gearbox could have said, look at the way people treat these games. Look at the expectations that people play these games. We need to trickle stuff out. And that'll make it harder on Bungie to be a di- to have a, a differentiating identity to say, well, we're a game as service. We always have something each week, each month, blah, blah, blah. And Borderlands 3 is like, you ain't seen nothing yet, right? If they go with the classic four DLC, tent pole DLC, where like there's time in between and nothing going on, then that's where Bungie can make themselves stand out a little bit. Ah, uh, Teeb Brown. Do you think new gameplay features in Borderlands 3 may see some appearances in Destiny? Uh, I feel like the com- competition could bring. Again, I- I'm gonna start glossing over these. We've kind of re- we've kind of talked about how little influence Borderlands is gonna have in, in the initial phases of Destiny. Listen, okay, one more word about the microtransaction debacle, okay? Context is king, right? Context is king. You do not get to rewrite what a person said or meant just because you can define a word rigidly. If you define a word rigidly, and you're like, anybody who uses this word, this is what they mean, number one, you're being a linguistic idiot because that's not the way language works, okay? You can go up on a stage and use a word and in the context of what you're saying and how you phrase it, that word in that moment can mean something else because of context. Context is king. Take a language class, interpret Spanish into English. Learn about how much context influences the meanings of words and then please politely shut the frick up and drop it in my chat. I'm sick of reading it. Move on. Um, uh, what do you think the upcoming exotic quest is for? Some are saying Hawkmoon. If so, are you excited for the return? I don't really care much about exotic, right? I really, really do not care that much about an exotic. I, especially an exotic primary. And I really, really don't care that much about the Hawkmoon. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. I mean, it's just... For, it, it, genuinely, genuinely, exotic primaries could all right now disappear and I probably wouldn't care that much I just wouldn't because it's so difficult right it's so difficult to justify using them they just they don't do enough primary weapons have such a very specific and easily easily met role of killing trash ads it's just not hard to get a decent it's not hard to get a decent primary so it's like, I really just do not care about exotic hand cannons. I really don't. And I know that means I'm potentially saying Ace of Spades can go away. It's... I'm a PvE player, so the PvP players are like, what are you talking about? Hawkmoon is bay, Ace of Spades is bay, Thorn is bay, or whatever. I get, you know, they're all bay. I regret saying bay so much, but seriously, I just... I, in the PvE realm, exotic primaries just genuinely, genuinely just do not land that often. They just don't. Other than, like, the Thorn. And people that like the Malfeasance, you know? Next question is from Shad Berserker. Uh, do you think the fact that the Division 2 didn't kill Destiny is a good indicator that Destiny has separated itself from other looter shooters like Division Anthem Borderlands? Okay. You're... I think you're drawing a conclusion that I don't want to... I don't want to connect those two, Okay. I agree that Destiny has separated itself from other looter shooters. I don't think our proof of that is Division 2 not killing Destiny 2. <laughs> I don't think Division 2... Let's say your statement's false. Let's say, no, Destiny really hasn't separated itself in the realm of looter shooters. Let's say it's false. I still don't think Division 2 would have hurt it. I don't think that games can kill other games. So while I agree with the second half of your statement that Destiny has really separated itself from other looter shooters and it has its own identity and its own appeal. 
I don't think the lack of Division 2 killing Destiny 2 is proof positive of your assertion. I believe this is called correlation is not causation, okay? It's a correlating thing that, well, Division 2 didn't hurt Destiny 2. That correlates with the truth or the axiom that Destiny's got its own identity. It's a stand-apart game, okay? Those are correlating. They're not cause. Co- it's not causation. It's not like, well, look, man, Division 2, it didn't kill Destiny 2. We can then therefore conclude that Destiny's really made itself stand apart. I, I don't think these two things are connected in the way that you're trying to logically connect them. So, obligatory over obligatory Overwatch killed Battleborn. I don't have the patience to talk about why Battleborn didn't do well. There's a lot more factors than just one game killed another game. There's a lot more going on in that scenario. Does not follow? Yeah, it's more of a non-sequitur, Vreek. That's true. Non-sequitur is a fallacy of it does not follow. That I would agree with that. Division 2, not killing Destiny. It does not follow that you can just come to this conclusion that, oh, Destiny it has its own identity. I think you can make an argument that Destiny has its own identity in the looter shooter just by talking about Destiny and making comparisons, contrasts, and uh, highlighting differences between the games like we've done with Anthem, Division 2, and even today, comparing the two games with Borderlands 3. Like, you can argue that it has its own identity without ever looking to, like, oh, this game didn't kill Division 2, you know, Destiny. You know what I mean? Gritter, I have never played Borderlands, but even though it and Destiny 2 are both looter shooters, I see Destiny 2 as more of a game as hobby, yeah, or a game as service. From what I have seen, Borderlands is not that. Am I correct? Uh, if so, doesn't that mean both can coexist? I mean, that's how I concluded my talk. Um, I concluded my talk by saying they're very different. The, the, the Destiny's a game as service, Borderlands is a linear loop. So they're very different and can coexist. Casual Irish gamer. Hey Lono, what would you think if Bungie decided to come out and say that they are going to focus all their efforts on developing Destiny 3 in place of developing a September DLC? How do you think that would affect Destiny 2's current state? It would hurt it real bad. It would hurt it real bad. But sometimes you gotta you gotta go through a lot of pain to reset the bone. You know what I'm saying? If uh if you get a like a compound fracture you got to go through some pain before that bone can get reset and then have a cast put on it. And sometimes you got to do that in, in, in business. You got to, you got to go through a real painful decision to come out on the other end victorious. Are they going to do that this year? Probably not. I think they already have things built, planned and slated to get us into next year. Um, now maybe next year it gets really light and they start saying it's going to feel a little bit light as we move into 2020 because we're ramping up for the next game they may say that they may not it is a marketing minefield to say we're going to give you less so we can work on this that is fraught with PR player community consumer perception risk because people can interpret it and run with it one all you need is a youtuber with a decent following to be like can you believe that bungie is basically saying it's too hard to make games and they're shifting away from destiny 2 to build destiny 3 destiny 2 is going to be starved for content and then that sets the narrative and everyone's like can you believe they're starving destiny 2 what the frick they don't have enough people you see what i'm saying It's just super, super risky to come out and have that level of transparency because it just gets twisted and flipped. Goodness gracious, there was a vid doc where somebody said, we envision this being a great game you play for 10 years. Streamers started using 10-year plan and 10-year plan became a colloquialism within the Destiny community that was never uttered by Bungie. 10-year plan was never uttered by Bungie. Bungie and it became canon. It became gospel truth. <laughs> they got a 10 year plan. No, they don't. They have a 10 year contract and they hope that to have a franchise that lasts for 10 years that you play, but they don't have a 10 year plan. But that's what happened. You know? You mean like people who think sky is falling because people change jobs? Right. Oh man. 
things aren't looking good for Bungie. People are leaving. Instead of being like, well, that's actually kind of normal whenever you have leadership changes within the franchise and they're trying to, like, unify the vision for the next game, it makes sense to shake things up. That's actually totally normal in the corporate environment, especially in development environments. Danith. Do you think D2 versus Borderlands 3 players kind of different? I think D2 is like MMO light progress driving. Borderlands 3 campaign co-op, one to four characters run. In my mind, D2 and Div2, little same, even gameplay is so different. Borderlands series story not complete with, not compete with people. I don't know if English is your first language. There's a lot of broken sentences there, but I get the gist of what you're saying. Um... You're, I'll go to your actual question because the rest of it's just sort of uh, you stating what you think. Do I think the players are different? I think it's a Venn diagram that has a lot of overlap. So if I were to draw a Venn diagram, which is two circles, then you overlap. You've got Destiny players and you got Borderlands players. I think there's huge overlap in the middle of players that love and play both. Massive overlap. Massive. Um, but... That doesn't mean that when you're playing Borderlands, you're driven by different things and you want to do different things. I happen to think that Anthem had a lot of overlap with Destiny community. And I think when people played it, they had different ideas about what needed to be done and you know what kind of what kind of content, what kind of loot they needed. So you know, there's going to be a lot of hypocrisy with Borderlands 3 discussion by the general gaming populace over the next few months. I can't wait. What do you mean by that, Milo? You got to elaborate. I'm, I'm actually kind of curious what you mean. Currently uh, trying to farm an infinity pistol from Doc. Any tips on how to time the jump? You got to stand. Are you doing the burst thing? You stand on like the edge of the thing and it blasts you forward. They marketed Destiny originally as a 10 year game on the televised advertisement. To bomb dog, if you listen to what I said, okay, listen to what I said. There was a vid doc. There was a piece of marketing material where I believe it was Mark Noseworthy said, this is a game that we envision you playing for 10 years. Okay. That was said. Correct. They never said we have a 10 year plan. There is not, there is not a a, a similarity there, right? You can't say 10 year plan indicates that they have everything scoped out and specced out for 10 years. That's way different than our hope is to really build on this over the next 10 years. That's so different. 10-year plan communicates volumes of planning and intentions. Saying 10-year game means 10-year plan for the... Well, I don't want to say people are dum-dums. I think people just naturally sort of deduce that there was a 10-year plan. So... I'm going to end the Q&A here. If you guys are here live and you've enjoyed this, be sure to click the follow button. That supports my stream. It's free, and it helps you be here for the streams. We're going to do a discussion about Borderlands and another Q&A in just a moment. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch these live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you listening or watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.